All right, so we're uh, continuing the series called The Highest, which is Christ Above All Things, and spending a lot of time in uh, Colossians. Um, and so we'll be in Colossians 3 this morning. Um, as you came in this morning, you might have uh, noticed a little bit of uh, different things that you've seen. We've got some more signage and directional signs around the church, and um, we've actually moved the nursery downstairs. Um, the nursery is downstairs so that all the kids is on the same level, um, and it's a little bit more secure. There's a check-in downstairs, and um, just a lot of great things is happening. Um, people will be able to see us and uh, recognize us as well, and um, we got a few more um, signs that's being printed as well throughout this week, and so we're putting those out around the uh, church property as well. Um, but I wanted to start off this morning. Um, over the last several months, uh, I have to apologize a little bit here. Um, there's a certain animal that uh, I don't have fond memories of, and sometimes I've poked fun of that animal. And so I just want to redeem myself of that animal a little bit. I'm not a big fan of cats, and I know by a show of hands last week that there's a lot of cat lovers here, okay? So I'm sorry, okay? Some people probably don't like cats here, but I'm saying I'm sorry. And so I decided I'm going to say a joke, okay? Y'all ready for this? Y'all really ready for this? Okay, so cat jokes. What did the cat say when leaving the party? Me out. <laughs> Me out. What did the cat say on the phone? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Keep on going with some jokes. You know, I'll be here all day. A Sunday school teacher asked the children just before she dismissed them to go to church. And why is it necessary to be quiet in church? Right? Little Johnny replied, because people are sleeping. <laughs> Children are paying attention, so wake up. <laughs> a minister told his congregation, Next week I plan to preach on the sin of, tie, uh, sin of lying. Okay? He said, To help you understand my sermon, I want you to all read Mark chapter 17. The following Sunday, as he prepared to deliver his sermon on lying, the minister asked, By a show of hands, he wanted to know how many had read Mark chapter 17. Every hand went up in the church. The minister smiled and said, Mark has only 16 chapters. I will now proceed with my sermon on the sin of lying. <laughs> so I'm not covering the sin of lying per se this morning, but we will be in uh, Colossians chapter 3. Uh, verses 1 through 17, and uh, we'll be talking about putting on a new self, the out with the old, the in with the new. So we'll be reading verse 1 in chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who 
is in your life appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. And have put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, cynicism, uh, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on them as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of God, Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing praises, or singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This morning I want to start off with one word. I want y'all to say it with me, if, if, if he starts off this text, if then you have been raised. That is a big if, one of those ifs that you better answer in your life. If you have been raised with Christ, if, if, if a person is raised with Christ, then something dramatic happens in that. There is dramatic results. Life change happens and it follows that commitment. Whenever you answer that if, your life is changed. Last week we talked about how, you know, we can live by list and we can live by religion and all these things of doing such and such and don't doing such and such. But that doesn't save you. But if you are risen in Christ Jesus then your character, your character changes, your attitude changes, the things that define you changes, but it changes from the inside out. The inside out. Who you are in Christ changes what you do for Christ. I'll say that again. If anybody's taking notes, write that down. Who you are in Christ changes what you do for Christ. See, we are people of the resurrection. When it says that if you have been raised 
with Christ. That means that you understand what Christ's death, burial, and resurrection truly did. It wasn't just a salvation, right? Just saving you from the sins, but actually conquering death and defeating sin once and for all and raising up from the grave and us getting to experience life and life everlasting because of resurrection. So yes, we are people of resurrection. What is the result of resurrection? It's life. Life, eternal life. Death no longer has a hold on us. Death doesn't define us. Death isn't who we are any longer. The things that we uh, do doesn't bring about death any longer. We are alive in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We get to experience glory. And so this morning I have three words for you, and I'm going to call them three G's. And no, not 3G network. Actually, that's outdated. If you've got a 3G network, it's kind of slow, all right? That's for cell phones for those that don't understand. But I'm going to say three words to you this morning. That is glory, garment, glory. Glory, garment, glory. We'll be talking about the first glory. As this passage unfolds, what glory is all about Glory, Jesus is coming in glory. He is coming back. There is a second coming. He is going to, to be there and in glory, and we will appear with Him. How will we appear with Him? In glory. How do we appear with Him in glory? Because we are people of the resurrection. If you have been raised in Christ, you seek the things above, we will appear in glory with him in christ we experience forever hope in glory we've talked about you know in the i think it was chapter one that christ is in you the hope of glory the christ in you living inside of you not just some dead religion Jesus isn't a dead God. <laughs> no, he rose from the grave. He conquered the grave. He defended, defeated sin, defeated Satan, defeated the powers, the rulers, the authority of this dark world. And we are brought into the kingdom of the light. And we get to experience glory. We get to experience heaven. And we've been singing about it this morning. One day where there will be no pain no more cancer, no more sickness, no more tear, no more sadness, because we will be with God, glorifying Him forever and ever. So where is Christ right now? It says He's seated right at the right hand of God the Father. Right now, Jesus Christ, who raised from the dead, isn't just floating in the sky somewhere. He isn't just waiting for the second coming per se. He actually went up to the throne room with the God, our Father. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Actually, Scripture says that not only that, but the earth is His footstool. What Jesus did on that cross, what He did by leaving that grave... He brought heaven to earth, and He made a way for us to experience glory forever and ever. And I'm not sure if you've checked your pulse. I've asked you to check your pulse this morning, but we're talking about glory. We're talking about glory this morning. Glory is going to be amazing. 
But I'm not sure that y'all are aware of how great glory is. It's not just a word. It's a place. It's a person. It is being there forever and ever with God. We are to set our mind on the things above, not the things of this earth. Now, it's not saying that everything on this earth is, is evil. Because there's things that are on this earth that, it, that is good. Water is good. Now, when we pollute it, it's bad, right? But there is things in this earth that, yes, it's good, but we don't fixate our eyes on the things of earth. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And where is Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father. Where will we see Him next? In glory. So we fix our eyes on the things above. There's a quote that has been said, and I've, I've used it, and I will continue to use it because I get the main point, but I want to unpack and give a little bit of rebuttal to this. It says this, Some people are so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. You've probably heard that. You're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I want to put a rebuttal to it is that if you truly understood glory, if you truly understood heaven, then there is no possible way that you would be any earthly good. Because when you have experienced the, the changing of one's life, the transformation, the sanctification of one's heart and mind, and you're, you're completely you know, giving your whole heart and everything to God, and you fixate on the things above where Jesus Christ is, and you want to do everything in your power to, to get to glory through Jesus Christ, you, won't, you can't help to be good. You can't help... To love one another. You can't help to be there for other people. You can't help to about, about bringing about goodness of this earth. You can't help but by, by praying what Jesus prayed. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, glory is a already, but also a not yet. See, Jesus has already came. His work on the cross, His work in this life, His work by raising from the dead gets us to experience glory. And we get to experience things of heaven here and now. We don't have to necessarily wait for it. We're to go and live like Paul says that the church is the hope of glory. And so if you are the hope of glory, then you know that there, this isn't you know, forever. Like The earth isn't the way it's going to be forever. You know that there's a different way, a different reality, a different way of thinking, that the things of this earth, the things of this world doesn't define you, but the things of glory defines you, the things of Christ defines you. But also, it's not yet, because Jesus is coming back. And we will experience glory forever and ever. And so what is the, the role of the church? The church is to be a signpost pointing humans, other people, and showing them what life is supposed to be like. Showing what heaven is going to be like. Showing them what glory is going to be like. God, not this nation, God, not the nations of this world, 
God, not the rulers of this world. The boundaries of God's kingdom transcends all of nations. It transcends all the kings and presidents, Caesar and our president, our, our government. It transcends that. The kingdom of this world, of, of the light, transcends the kingdom of this world. The main political task of this church and the church of Jesus Christ is this. The foundation of people who see clearly the most costly uh, of discipleship and are willing to pay the price for it. We are called to go out into all the world, not just Eden, not just our little circle here in, in, in you know, this section of Rockingham County, but to go all over and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It's the cost of discipleship. The apostles got it and were willing to give their life for it. The early church and many of the martyrs understood it and they were willing to give their life for it. Why were they willing to give their life for it? Because they died to self. And may we die to self. So you heard glory, now garment. We put on a new self. We are bought by not our own ways, but we are bought by Jesus Christ. And He clothes us. He clothes us with righteousness. We put away our, new, our old self and we put on the new self that is in Christ. The old ways that used to define us, the things of this world no longer defines us any longer, but the things of Christ defines us. We are no longer sinners saved by grace. I hear that often, that, hey, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, I was once a sinner, now I'm covered by the grace of Jesus Christ. We are still able to sin, yes, of course. We have that choice, but through Jesus Christ, we can overcome sin and be completely sanctified because of Jesus Christ and what He did, does in us and through us. And so verse 5 through 6 says this, that we are to put to death the things that we used to walk in, the things that used to define us, the things that used to put us under the wrath of God. We are to put those to death, the things that keep us from truly loving God, like sexual immorality, like impurity, like passion, like evil desires, like coveting, like idolatry. All those things we are to put to death. We are to put away these things that keep us from loving others. That is anger. That is wrath. That is malice. That is slander. That is obscene talk. That is lying. I don't know if you see that, but we are to do these type things that keep us from loving God. But then there's also things that we need to put away as well that keep us from truly loving our neighbor and loving other people. We are to put on a new garment, a new self that is made in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. Verse 10, it says, we are renewed into the image of the Creator. So we are to put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness. If those things don't really start to define you, then you're living for your old self. You might halfway have on that garment, but halfway 
won't cut it. We are to take off the old, to get rid of that garment. Jesus Christ, through His power, through the power of resurrection, gives us that ability. And we are to put on a new self that is clothed with those type things. And it says in verse 14, above all, put on love. The love of God, which is the binding force that holds all of that together. And you might be thinking, I, I, I've tried to do this, I've tried to do that, I've, I've, I've put on kindness, I've done this. The reality is, many of us might be doing those type things, but we truly haven't put on complete, sanctifying, perfecting love that comes from God the Father, which is the binding force, the glue that holds it all together. A lady went to a pastor and said this, I won't be attending church anymore, which pastors get that from time to time. And he said, well, may I ask why? Of course, we always want to know why. She said, I, I see people on their cell phones during church service. Oh, wow. Some are even gossiping. Some just aren't living right. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. All right. The pastor got a little silent. He said, okay. But can I ask you to do something for me before you make your final decision? Please. She said, what's that? He said, okay. Take a glass of water and walk around the church two times and don't let that water fall out of the glass. She said, yeah, I can do that. And so she began... She came back and she did all that. She came back and said, I'm done. He asked her three questions. Did you see anybody on, on their phone? Did you see anybody gossiping? Was anybody living wrong? She said, I didn't see anything because I was focused on the glass. So the water wouldn't fall out of it. He told her, when you come to church... You should just be as focused on God as much as you are on that glass so that you won't fall. That's why Jesus calls us, says, come and follow me. Jesus didn't say to go and follow other people. He said, follow me. Don't let your relationship with God be determined by how other people relate with God. May we focus on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, for He is the one that clothes us. Don't focus on other people. Sure, we all don't have it all together, yes. But let's focus on Jesus, for Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. He is the one that changed us. He's the one that will be there in glory that we will be appearing with. Don't miss heaven because you're so fixated on other people's sin when you don't look at your own plank that's in your own eye like Jesus puts it. Then lastly, glory. Glory. You've heard me say this before and I'll say it again. One of my life calling is this, to make Jesus famous. To make Him famous with my life. To point people to Jesus. Not to put me on a pedestal. <laughs> 
Somebody jokingly said the other day that, well, where's your face at? Why isn't your name on that sign out there? Because I don't wanna, want people to see Dustin Wilson. I want them to see Jesus Christ. Verse 17, it says, Do everything for the glory of God. Not only on Sundays. Don't just glorify Him only with songs that you want to sing. Actually, if you really want to unpack what it says in this word, it says in verse 16 that we are to sing psalms, we are to sing hymns, we are to sing spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. Set aside your own just personal preference and hey, let's sing all types of songs and hymns to glory God for He is worthy. It's not just on Sunday, it's Monday through Saturday as well. It's everything. It's your eating, your sleeping, your talking, your, your jobs, your family. It's everything. I looked it up in the Greek. Everything literally means everything here. Not just a little bit here, a little. No, it's every single thing that you do, you can do for the glory of God. See, people are searching for that one thing. Actually... There's been books that's been written about finding that one thing in life. Us as Americans are always fixated on, hey, I want to do that. What is that one purpose for my life? I want to do it. I'm after it. I think it's crippling. I used to read those books. I think it's crippling. You want to know your purpose? Here it is. Everything that you do, do it for the glory of God. That's it. God wants to use you as a teacher? Do it all for the glory of God. God wants to use you as a mechanic? Do it all for the glory of God. God wants to send you across the world to be a missionary? Do it all for the glory of God. God calls you into motherhood and you're changing diapers at all ends of the night? Do it all for the glory of God. Everything. Church, it's time to glorify God with our everything. Stop just looking for that one thing and you're searching for that one thing like the rest of the world. Here's the reality is, that one thing is Jesus. Jesus. He will give you direction. He will point you in different things that He wants you to do, but what He wants is your everything. He wants you to glorify Him. So whether you're a mother, a teacher, a father, a caretaker, a banker, a widow, whatever it is, do it all for the glory of God. And may we all make Him famous with our lives. God, I thank you so much, God, for all that you do in and through this church. God, I thank you for the messages that we've been hearing through your spirit, God, as, we, as you speak to us, God, through your word. God, I pray that we would really fixate our eyes on you, God, that we would do the things of above, God, and not just be fixated on the earthly things of below, God. But may we focus our life on Jesus Christ and may everything that we do be glory and honor to you, for you are worthy of our praise, God, and you are worthy of our lives. If there's anybody here this morning that 
They've been living for the flesh. They have been clothing themselves in the old way, and they have been you know, uh, doing all these types of things that is idolatry and the things of this world and uh, sin nature and all those type things that uh, bring about the, your wrath, God. May they find you. May they turn to you and that may they be covered with your righteousness may they be filled with your spirit and may they go out with kindness with joy with patience with forgiveness and god may they not be defined by the world any longer but may everything they do be glorifying to you it's in jesus name i pray amen and amen may we go and do everything for the glory of God. Amen.